What does it feel like to know a thief can take away your peace because your lack of boundaries gave them permission? You're just the gift that keeps on giving, a Santa Claus with no return. No excuse should excuse you for not putting yourself first. What? Are you scared of your past or something? When you're scared, your friend's going to laugh or something? Because what you feel, you're going to attract. So if you assume or consume the idea that you are lacking, that's exactly what you'll be waking up and having. Absence for breakfast, you're a habitual skeptic and a visual paradox being the culprit in question. But you keep looking for someone else to blame. You keep looking for someone else to explain why equivalent exchange doesn't matter to you, why your peace of mind won't reconcile with you. God complex with no God inside of you. I love it. Thank you so much for opening up the show that way. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Saleh. I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. And um, I, I'm trying. I'm still trying to, I think we somehow came, like we got connected through Instagram um yes just finding each other kind of thing and then i, I yeah, love just, i love what you're doing i totally love what you're doing and and i think that uh we need more of it to begin with and we definitely need more of it in our construction industry and all industries yeah for sure for sure it's been great uh being invited and yeah i think we found each other on instagram and yeah i'm and trying to get a vibe of what you guys do and it's been awesome <laughs> thank you um uh, you want to let the listeners know what part of the world you're in i am in perth western australia okay and we're all ob we're obviously in toronto ontario so we're having a conversation that's basically tw you're 12 hours ahead of us or 13 hours ahead of us 12. yeah 12 at six o'clock in the morning yeah here. six o'clock in the morning there all right so we're, we're actually going to talk a lot about i mean i want to touch upon you've got so much i don't even know if we're going to get to all of it but um i do want to talk about just coaching and and talk about sex and money and intimacy and relationships uh but you also also work with breath work and mindful activities you work with fear and trauma self-sabotage that's a big one for myself uh you're a wealth coach anxiety anger and depression um and i want to know more about walk and talk therapy i want to talk about uh the way you've uh, built up a creative and expressive therapist uh therapy and then i mean there's still a bunch more you still haven't like that's just half of it what we're going to talk about but i still want to i kind of want you to go where take us where you want to go and where you want to begin with obviously the majority of our listeners are male uh you're talking from a wide range probably late teens to uh 60s 70s uh there's a handful of older gentlemen that are listening but the bulk of our listeners are those younger uh men we do have a lot of women okay. listening as well too but everybody um everybody is just trying to stay human and everyone's just trying to look for some sort of happiness and try to make their lives better uh, whether that's personally professionally um so obviously i'm just trying to figure out where do we begin um i think just on what you just said then everyone's trying to get to a place of happiness I know and I, I think am. yeah and I think if we just learn to accept that life is a flow <laughs> and that it's up and down and up and down and there's no place to get to right there's just nowhere to get to we've just got to be in the moment and I think that's the hardest thing out of everything I do it always <laughs> comes back to being in the present moment. How do I get into the present moment? Because we can only really create from the now. How? And when we're, yeah, when we're not doing that, we're creating sort of from the past or projecting to the future. How do we, am I wrong to say that the older we get, the more difficult the downs feel? 
Why is that? Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh, you know, listen, I've got children, right? So when I watch my children's emotions, they seem pretty extreme, you know, because they just deal with them straight away. But I feel, um, yeah, we've got we've got history. Yeah, as we get older, our history compounds and compacts, and so whatever we've gone through as a as a child, if it's not dealt with, it just compounds in all our life situations, the I, relationships we attract. You know, why why as as humans, why do we hang on to the past so badly? Um, because it's 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 the story of who we believe we are. It's kind of we believe that we are this thing. And so stepping out uh, to something different is scary. Everything I feel is around safety and security in our life. Like everything's around safety, right? Do you think it's just feel safe? Do you think it's more so men are trying to achieve what they possibly can and they don't live up Ah. to their own personal expectations? Ooh, that's it. See, that's layered, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, we 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 operate differently. Men and women are so different, and I think that's one thing we need to be aware of. We <laughs> we are not alike. Yeah? yeah, men are completely different to women, and we need to respect um, each one of that. But men, um, there's a lot of responsibility for men. We we've come in putting so much responsibility on men. It's uh, and who they've been raised by. You know, their fathers have been doing the best they can generational trauma and i say generational trauma because it might not you know trauma is you know subjective right what's trauma for me is not for you but today today there's people like me yeah there's counselors there's coaches there's people who there's there's peer models in our timeline before there was there was no one for our fathers and our grandfathers they couldn't go sitting down talking about their feelings. There was no psychologist or counselors per se until, you know, Freud and all of those came along. So they had to deal with their emotions. So when we're going through life and we're feeling all of these emotions that we don't really know what they are, that we're just dealing with them, at least this day and age we can talk to people about it or there's a lot more help out there. Did, did but most, I do believe the generational, right, it comes down. Did most of us just suppress it or did most of us just learn better ways of suppressing it? Yeah, this is both. Okay. Both. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of our generation now and people have their problems and they're just compound, like you said, and they've just figured out how to suppress it, how to put it to the side and just not really deal with it. But that it just compounds. It's just going to get worse and worse if you don't confront it. 100%. In, in so many ways, yeah. So um, how you show up in the world, you know, for men is a lot of pressure to be a certain way and being with their emotions is challenging. You know, a lot of men, you know, we always say about, oh, men need to be back with their emotions, but that's not as easy as, as said, right? Because we're not built that way. So even tapping into our emotions for a, for a man is challenging to feel safe and to feel secure again what kind of fathering did he have what kind of mother did he have to build those belief systems and i think um every person is obviously every person is different but there's a lot of pressure out there for men to behave and be and be the the ones that get everything done and to hold it all together and i feel um manny the more people the more men i work with the more um, and I really mean this in love. I, f- 
find and fall in love with the masculine so much, with men so much, because when you really get to know a man and you create a safe space, um, they're extraordinary humans, not just on the outside, not because they just achieve and they're so uh, single focused, but they're, they're so deep. Yeah. You just got to give them the safety and the create, you know, the safety and the security for them to just be with their emotions and to learn that when they let their emotions out a little bit, nothing happens. There's no judgments happen. They, they haven't opened up so much vulnerability that they feel ashamed, you know? So it's just slowly, but surely and safely. And I feel as soon as you do that, you get to really see the depth of a man. You know? I, I totally agree. I, I'd I don't. Lo- sorry. I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on, I know you're talking about counseling and coaching of men and the four key things that you actually address, which are sex, money, intimacy, and relationships. Can you give us an order what you think it should be, but what men think it is to them, those four uh, parts of their lives? So I think men, uh, men in to identify, feel like a healthy identity, they need to, I, I mean, I'm not a man, right? So I've got to be careful. I'm not a man, but this is just what I see is they need to feel that they've got purpose and there's some security around them in order to, so they need the money, they need the security, the money, then then they go into intimacy. Sex is very different for men as it is for women because men can have sex and and not be making love. Um, So I feel men come into this world feeling that they've got a lot of pressure to be and have a lot of money so they can feel safe and secure to be in a relationship. And so um, for me, it's like if they learn to be intimate with themselves, they learn to be with their emotions and understand themselves, then the person they're becoming out there is different to them having to just go out and, and make money. So I feel like it's a it's a self-journey. It's a personal journey of getting to know themselves. Yeah. So understanding their emotions, understanding how they react to the world and, and feeling safe within themselves. Um, I I do believe that unless a man feels safe and secure with financials and purpose, he can't really be intimate or have the true intimacy that that women require. Yeah, I agree with you totally. And I was going to just ask you, but I think you just answered is like, is is a loss of a relationship far worse than a loss of a financial situation? But it's actually, yeah, 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 I, I feel that as a man, the loss of finance is far harder on, on a man than it is the loss of a relationship because they can somehow, because there's that providing aspect of a man. Uh, and yeah, because so you've they, naturally got that, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, are you... And it's also... Sorry? Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're, yeah, go ahead. And I'm, and I'm a talker, so... Um, go, go, uh, go, don't worry. I, sorry, sorry I interrupt uh, you, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, and I was going to say with that, you know, there's a societal... The pressure that we put on men you are naturally the providers but because you naturally have that providing instinct we then put so much expectation on men yeah and I I believe you know for women there's this whole matriarchal patriarchal system happening where we're having to operate in a man's world it's starting to change because there's people like me and we're I'm more holistic and intuitive I'm bringing the feminine in right so I'm bringing in a different mindset but we are in a world where women have been having to be in a man's world and we don't 
operate that way. We struggle with that way, to be honest. Is it possible to just be both? Like, can can you have that transfer yeah. where it's like a, a man can be softer, a woman can be more motivated and thrive and just be as competitive as a man and vice versa? Can't we just both of us be going down the same path? Is that success yeah, you, you, in a relationship? Is it success in a marriage? Success in a family dynamic? Is that possibility? Ooh, I love it. Interdependence. From codependence, independence to interdependence. So I feel like this is where, if you look at the world, there's more single parents than ever before now yeah. in the world, right? Yeah. So many. And I believe that's the system starting to break down, you know, slowly. Um, of women, we need to do what we do in our realm. We're in, in Tantra, we're 30% masculine, 70% feminine. Men are 30% feminine, 70% masculine. So we've got both the masculine and feminine within us. And I feel that's the journey, right? We're always trying to find some kind of equilibrium. And we're trying to be in this world because we both hold both those those male, masculine, feminine identities within us. So we're trying to equalize ourselves. It's it's interesting. It's not easy, right? No, it's not. It's interesting you bring that up because I, I read somewhere recently how I think in the last 30 or 40 years, a woman shaking hands with somebody else the amount of pressure that she's been applying has been increasing with time versus a man shaking a hand with somebody else has actually been decreasing in pressure so it's just a subtle thing but it's just really ironic that men have become that way women have become that way and it's their it, it and that translates to business that translates to sales and and working and and creating relationships and business and everything like that and just that handshake itself says so much that men have become softer women have become i guess stronger in that way but they're it's just business it's strictly they're being uh they're they're pulling their weight kind of thing and men are i guess are not yeah and even that i was thinking when i used to meet men i'd have a firm handshake and it'd be in my mind to have a firmer handshake, you know, many, many years ago until I started realizing that's it, me trying to be in a man's world. So, yeah, it's uh, all these subtle things. And even, um, oh, I feel we're going through a bit of imbalance at the moment, but I, I do believe we're heading the right way. There are more, men are doing more work on themselves, not because we're not because they're feeling pressure, because they know that they've got all these emotions and things aren't working. So like, even if they do go out and get the, the amazing job, um, they might not have this the, the relationship that, are, that they're attracting. So it's like it be, always comes back to within, right? Every one of us has to go within at some time of our life. And all we don't, yeah? And if we don't, we drink ourselves away or we take drugs or we watch porn or we go for social media or we go and buy a hundred pairs of stiletto heels, you know, or we eat too much food or, you know, every time those are the signs that we have to go within when we can't feel calm and we're wanting more, 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 or we can't be with ourselves or we can't be quiet. Have to go within. Why do men, put themselves last on their list regarding life and their obligations. Oh. They do it. of responsibility, right? Yeah. They do. They do it. But then, you know, in some ways, you, God, you, I could have an argument with women with this, right? They would say, well, they don't. They always put themselves first. 
not I, I disagree. I would. They are always putting themselves last. They're always putting their work, their friends, their family, their children, their other priorities, and then they forget what about me. They totally and always forget them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and asking for a man to sit still and just have a look at his emotions is a really challenging thing. Yeah. So that is, that is putting themselves last, right? I'm fine. I don't need that. And it's like, yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And it's like, um, being with their emotions is challenging. Knowing who they are, I think is even more a challenge like that. Who am I? which is a challenge for all of us. How can one, like, I mean, I love where this is going. I, I really love where this is going because the thing is, it, I've been doing the show for five years and I get a lot of men reaching out to me and bringing up these points and, and as if I know the answer, and I don't. I, I speak to people like you. You you have a better grasp of, of these situations. But I mean, how do we ask a man that's, in this situation and has all this responsibility, um, how do we ask him to look at him first and try to understand mm. that he's still a part of the equation? Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's heart wrenching sometimes when I have conversations with certain people that work in the industry and they are talking about suicide. They are talking about addiction. Yeah. They are talking about these serious, serious things. And then I know recently we just had men's health month, which is June. I don't know if it's the same with you guys, if June is yeah. okay. So it is right. And, and, and it's just, you know, a lot of men in the industry do to, uh, they put light on it and they bring it up and I brought it up and I bring it up throughout the whole month as well. But I just, I, I have a hard time myself or even telling other men how to make themselves first. And my only thought is like, you got to somehow try to figure out how to fix you first because there is something yeah. broken with you. You just have to figure out what it is and how to fix it. Yeah. And that fix word though is a, is an interesting word, right? Because men like to fix. It, yeah, that's that's yeah. why. Yeah, and and so if they logically, it's the end of the yeah, the other day. We are right and left sides, you know, creative and logical, and men tend to veer more to the logical, you know, the left logical instead of maybe learning and they say the feminine right creative you know and men are very logical. So you know we need a bit of both in our life. If everything's just black and white thinking then we're using our brain to always think and uh, we are mind and body, mind, body and soul, depending on what you believe, right? So we have to bring the body into things. We have to bring a little bit of the softer, the, the feminine, a bit more creative rather than just it being that direct black and white. So on one way, there's that, you know, it's like, who am I? Like, what are my values? How was I raised? And with those values that I were raised in the same as how I feel now are my belief systems mine it's a huge one are they mine or have I taken them on from somewhere else yeah and um and what do I love to do apart from being the provider and and how do we you know how do I get men to acknowledge that well look at their life you know if they're not happy and they're using it and they're going out and you know um drinking themselves silly or just just always working but inside they're not happy and their relationships are reflecting back to them or they're not in relationships because they're scared of rejection and abandonment which is a, a massive one you know 
a lot of men have casual because of the rejection abandonment and underneath rejection abandonment is safety and it comes back full circle again of a man not being safe to express his emotions safe to trust and that comes through from belief systems and values right it does I, I in your studies when you've been speaking to a lot in counseling a lot of people men and women at what age is the 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 main period in their in someone's life when they start questioning their purpose when when did this um, that, that tough when does that tough question come and actually i don't know too many people that actually answer it i don't think they realize what their purpose is and they go through a lot of life before they realize what it is so and and i believe that's what purpose is you know as in it's a it's creating in the moment it's like most importantly oh god and i you can answer this to me manny because you're a guy like you know do you do what you love using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common especially among the young folks because it improves efficiency prevents mistakes and overall makes our lives as contractors easier this is why we partnered with connect team a platform built to manage train and communicate with your team Connect Team's desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more. Employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out, share safety reports, and get updates all in one place, ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. I try. Yeah, and that's a massive thing. Yeah. I try, I, and right? So you might be one of the lucky ones, right? Yeah. Because a lot of men go out knowing that they've got to provide and having to make money because money is status and money gives them their self-worth. So firstly, it's like, do you love what you're doing? You know, there's a lot of jobs out here that people have to do. God, we're so grateful for all the crappy jobs that we wouldn't want to do, right? But somebody's always doing them. But at the end of the day, do you love what you're doing? And, and if it's not, okay, it can be temporary. Um, we've also been built in this mindset that, well, we can, that's a dream. You know, we love, we might love doing this, but that's not realistic and um, kind of disagree. I mean, I do understand there's jobs in the world that people have to do, but um, do what you love. And purpose is always creating. I don't believe that it is a purpose. I had something in me. It's like something I love. It's a passion that I loved and I, I went through. You know, I was doing something very differently to what I was doing at the first beginning, of the first part of my life. I was doing something very different to what I'm doing now. But this internal purpose in here for me was what do I love to do? What is it that I find interesting? What is it that like sparks that bit of passion in me? And then I just started following that. So purpose I feel is just within us, but it's always unfolding. And where does it start? But when I got a 16-year-old boy and I'm watching him now, you know, and um, I'm watching that already. I'm watching that start to tick now in his brain. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? What's my long? And I've been so rigid. I mean, so like committed of like, just what do you know to do? And just start there. Yeah, because you could change. In another 10 years, you might change. We all do. So I feel not to put so much pressure on yourself and just start with doing what you love. I think it starts from a, a young age. I, I feel it starts at, I've seen a shift in my son in the last three months since he's turned 16. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to watch. I've, I've seen things start to start turning a little bit faster for him now. 
And so, you know, 16, it could even start as young as. Do we, do we look at purpose around the same time we start questioning whether or not we should give up on our dreams? Uh, I kind of feel they, they, that speed bump in life happens around the same time. One hundred, and depending on the parents, right? Yes. Like what belief systems and, and is, you know, has the parent, they project, is the parent doing what they love? Yeah. yeah. They project. They, is the parent doing yeah. what they love? Have they had their dreams crushed and they just, and are they, you know, empowering the children to go, Hey, give it all you got, just keep an eye on the ball, you know, and it will do whatever it's supposed to do. As long as you keep your part of it, then it'll go wherever it's supposed to go, but not have so much expectation as well. Loose. Yeah. Like having a, having a direction and a focus and let it, let it mold into how it's supposed to mold. Is that not how it being this direct, it has to be rigid that, but our parents are us as parents are responsible. I feel for that turning that little switch off for sure. And I'm not putting like, it's not like a blame. No, it's, no. it's unconscious. Most it's most probably it's a lot of it's unconscious because they don't want their child to fail or feel sad or, or not get what they want and feel disheartened, but not doing it is going to create the dis is them not being happy. You know, Saleh, I just want to ask you, um, as we get older, like I guess when we're younger, even with your son being in his teens, and I remember being in my teens and my twenties, I had a purpose. I was creative. I was going down a path. But when I was younger in my twenties, that path was straight. It was a direct line. Like you were focused and you were driven to get to that. But as you get older, and you have maybe failed relationships or failed marriages or loss of employment or what have you, that purpose, that path starts to veer off so then you, I, I don't know anybody that gets older and has been through hard times it doesn't become a straight line anymore it, it gets you no. to the left it gets you to the right and it keeps on moving but the thing is i think we forget we quickly forget that it still moves forward it doesn't go back yeah. it may go to the left it may go to the right but it still moves forward so it's just not a direct line anymore and there might be a reason behind that may be going to one way into another way maybe you weren't designed to go on a direct path to right to it Exactly. Maybe. And, and we've always got choice, right? So, you know, it depends on what we're feeling. And again, um, gosh, it comes back to this present moment mindfulness thing again, right? So it's like learning. I think my greatest, one of the, the, the best advice I can give to everybody is learn to love being alone. And I don't mean alone as in, you know, sort of kicking in your relationships i mean learn to be alone with yourself and learn to speak to that being with um aloneness as opposed to loneliness yes because we are in a lot of we're in relationships but most of us are still lonely because we've not we started off relationships because we're never shown how to be in relationships um no, nobody from the wrong yeah. beliefs no, no one teaches us, right? No, no one teaches our children about healthy sexuality. No one teaches us about what relationships we learn from our environment. We learn from social media these days. So we run into relationships blindly. And so, you know, um, <laughs> it's like, do I even like the people that I'm with now? And why? And, and if we're taught how to be in a more healthy, conscious environment before we start relationships, then I think there'd be the world would look a lot differently, right? But, and so for me, 
if you come full circle, that would be learning to be alone with ourselves. Because we go out, we're so codependent, we go out to get the relationship to fix the feeling that we have inside, or we're programmed that we need, like we do need to be in a relationship, but we're programmed to go out, get married, get kids, get the house, get the car, you know? But what is the point of all of that if we don't even have some kind of peace inside of us or be or we can be alone with ourselves? It's powerful. I don't know many people that can be alone with themselves without this going off and without them sabotaging themselves and that inner critic destroying them and that uncomfortableness of being alone. It's a massive thing. Almost every person that crosses my path, the very first thing is they're like, how do you feel like being alone? What do you like with yourself? What happens when you're alone with yourself? Oh, I'm not alone with myself most of the time. What do you mean? Oh, no, if I, if I sit alone, I, I, I've got to do something. I've got things going around, you know. People can't be alone with themselves. So the, that's a great start. Some of the best things that I've experienced in life and because of alone, because there is, you're right, there's a difference between alone and being and loneliness um yeah there's a, there's a massive difference between the two but what i discovered is when i started traveling by myself i yeah. didn't i got tired of asking people if it was somebody that was in my life intimately if they could go or if they wanted to go or if they didn't want to go and i just got tired of being questioned or rejected or not you know I, I can't go now we have to book it or wait and i got to the point where forget it I'm booking it. I'm gone. And I started traveling alone. And I actually started traveling alone on, around my birthday month. And I wanted to be somewhere else on my birthday and meeting strangers and speaking to strangers and just doing that. And I felt, I never felt alone by doing that. Yeah. But I was discovering yeah. so much about myself by doing that. And I miss it yeah. because and, I haven't done it in three years because of the way the world's been right now. But I mean, yeah, you, you discover quite a bit doing that. And maybe because you do this as a part of your life's work now, yeah. this is another part because you can't actually do it in person. So you do it here. So you connect, right? You're, you yourself are a connector. You are a person that needs to connect and communicate and, and spread information. So that's what you're doing. So even though you can't do it in person, you're doing it in person. Yeah. Which is that, again, so that's like, okay, so that comes back to who are you? Yeah. And this is one of your core values. What are one of your core values? I like to communicate. I like to inspire. I like to, you know, listen to other opinions, and which I think is a really powerful space, right? That if you can be one of these people that has all these different object um, viewpoints and you just sit with those viewpoints without them having, without you having an opinion, that's powerful. It is. Like, look at the world today. You know, we have systems, government systems that want you to be this way. But, you know, when you can be, when you can have a worldview that's looking at all ways and still be okay with it, it's a powerful space to be. But humans are, they're designed to communicate. Humans are designed to yeah. interact. Whether or not you can speak each other's language, you're still designed to communicate. That's what I do yeah. love about it, right? And and I've always joked that if I were to travel around the world and try to carry a conversation with somebody that works in the construction industry, I will be able to communicate with that person even though we do not speak each other's language. I know it for a fact I'll be able to communicate with that person. It's just human it's nature like, to do that. Yeah, yeah. 90%, I think it's nonverbal, right? Yes, exactly. And I don't even know. It's like 92% nonverbal, you know? 
We read it. We see it. We feel it. We feel it. We feel it first, believe it or not. We feel it. Then it goes to our brain. Then our body has a reaction. Like we feel things first. And that's, you know, we're talking about men, that there, that little point there. We feel, we don't think first. We feel first. So why is so it? You can get to, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, carry on. No, carry on. No, no, I was just going to ask you. It's just, I know that you deal with a lot of anxiety and, and anger and depression. And I mean, I'll, I'll say it's almost a typical man that's his life is not going the way it's supposed to be going, I guess, the way it was designed or what have you. And why is it that the majority of men that I have seen have that compound of anxiety and anger and depression turn to a vice? And these days it's, it's some sort of substance abuse, whether it be alcoholism or is it, it could be drugs or it could be what have you. But why is it that they do that? Why is that? It's just, is it just numbing? Is it like, why do they turn to those? Yeah. And, you know, you can think of like anger to suppress creativity, you know, but under anger is pain and sadness. And what is that pain and sadness? That's where you're trying to ask a man to go deeper. And I think that's where we have to have a bit of patience. And again, it comes to safety. It's like, what is it you're running from? What is it you're running to? You know, um, what is it? There's something, it'll be something inside a man that they're, they're trying to, they're trying to get away from. And most of the time that's emotions because they don't really know what it is. They don't know what they're running from or they don't know what it is, but it's uncomfortable. So if you can create that tiny bit of window or safety or time or patience where they just slow down and just, you know, try to get them to, you know, regulate their nervous system and understand what their nervous system is. You know, asking a man how he feels is a really conflicting thing. How do you actually feel? What's going on inside your body? You know, and I think that's where we're starting. We're trying to get men to just actually be present, feel what's happening in their body, um, differentiate to what's happening in their mind, to their body, to their heart rate, to their feelings and their emotions. So it's a complex thing, but it's literally trying to slow a man down enough that he can start being aware of himself. And yeah, men are overrepresented in the criminal justice system, you know, suicide, uh, it's uh, and and that's your that's the brain as well, right? That's the 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 beautiful direct one single focused, which is beautiful in relationships, but it can be self destructive when it means you're running away from yourself. And it, I mean, I've had my ups and downs through both of my careers that that I've I've tackled, and I I think the way that I sometimes got out of the downs was I started paying attention to how I felt or what I did at the beginning of either career where I started finding, I guess, happiness in those moments. And I started realizing the simplicity of that happiness in the beginning. I don't, I, and, and for a split second there, I realized that I didn't have any of that, but then all of a sudden you think for a split second, wait a minute, there was happiness there at that very moment. I was thrilled and excited about this simple act in my life, whether it was swinging a hammer or whether it was just picking up kids or whether it was anything. It could have been just changing a tire. Just there was happiness there. You can't forget about those simple moments in life to bring you back. Oh, beautiful, right there. And however you start something, right? They say even when you're in a business, how you start something, the energy you start it with is what's going to push it through, right? So if you feel excited, if you can keep with that feeling, and again, um, 
it's like right now, right? You and I, we might be different parts sort of times away from each other, but right now you and I are having this beautiful conversation, yeah. right? That's right now. That's happening right now. Now, when you're asking me questions, I'm I'm flicking to the past. I'm thinking to the future, but I'm still trying to be and then you know in the present moment. Yeah. And and if we can be just the mindfulness is like the greatest gift and the only thing I feel we've got to learn in this whole life is to be present in the now. And how do we do that? You know, there's simple things like when you walk into a room, close your eyes, open your eyes and count five things. Just keep bringing yourself and learning to bring yourself back to the present moment. Meditation has saved my life. Honestly, every day I meditate. And even if it's like six minutes or seven minutes or eight minutes, and it doesn't have to be in a pose, it's just about just being in the present moment because we can create from the now. Like, so you and I are having this beautiful conversation. So how am I feeling right now? Well, yeah, I'm kind of like, God, I'm having this conversation with this guy in Canada and it's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> and so I'm in this present moment. Yeah. We, I, I and love, that's it. So yeah. I love that you brought up meditation. It's just, I, I, I've been, reading about it i wanted to learn more about it i know a few people that are in the industry that actually do it and have seen dramatic differences in their lives like dramatic and how would you how would you describe it to somebody that has not tried it or wants to try it wants to try to understand it where it's not necessarily you're sitting in a certain pose and you have your your palms up or whatever it's not that's not that is meditation but it's not meditation um so how would you explain it to somebody that is curious about it um so you can do you just said it perfectly you don't have to sit in a pose even like you know what we're saying about walk and talk yeah. men like to move right men can process things when they're maybe moving or not looking to direct so even walking and talking is a meditation as long as you're doing it peacefully and you've got you know you're actually just with yourself um it took it took a while for me to get into meditation because when I started it, you know, I the mind was a bit of a chatter. But it's I start with three to six minutes. You can just you don't have to sit and pose. You can just be observing your thoughts. Just sit and close your eyes and observe. And just and instead of like beating yourself up because people think that meditation is oh my god every time I'm thinking of something I shouldn't be thinking something. No. Meditation is observing your thoughts. That's meditation. So even if you close your eyes and you could be saying to yourself, oh, God, I've got lots of chatter going on here. And you just sit and observe. What we're trying to do is separate our being to our brain, right? We rely so much on, our, on this powerful brain of ours, but it's here to support us. It's not here to direct us. So our knowing, and, and that's where you start to separate. Your thoughts are not you, yeah? They're just just like a computer system. It's just your thoughts are just a process. Your brain is just there to support you. So you're trying to have observing thoughts, observe your thoughts so you can actually know how you're feeling. And that sounds complicated, but if you just learn, start three minutes a day, for a week go up to five minutes a day so you can just be with yourself start off that small and simply observe your thoughts that starts to be meditation when you get to be aware of your thoughts you begin to put a little bit of separation so hang on a minute i'm not just my thoughts there's more going on here because you are observing your thoughts so what are your thoughts and even that little bit of separation 
can calm you down a little bit. Is it more difficult That's, these days to do it with so much noise going on, whether uh, our noise coming from our phones, our noise coming from our personal, professional lives, our noise just coming from everywhere? It just seems like it makes it more difficult. Yeah, which makes it even more important to do, right? To do it, yes. I totally agree. So even before you go to bed, like go to bed and just be in the dark in your bedroom. Don't, you know, and I, even if you just go drifting off to sleep, just have a conversation with what's going on with your thoughts. Like if you can create that little bit of separation that you then have more control on your thoughts because you're trying to separate. Because like who is that, you know, the voice in our heads, what is that? It's the, you know, being, it's the observing the observer. And it's, it's just learning to observe your thoughts. And that is meditation. Because when you observe your thoughts and you see them from it, you can like, hang on, I'm watching my thoughts. Then you become the one that's in control. And then when you're in control, your brain is not taking over and not controlling. You've got control of that. Is it easier or better or um, to combine it with some breath work? if you prepare um, yourself with some breath work beforehand to kind of get into the mind space? Yeah, no, so when I say breath work, yeah. So even square breathing is powerful. And that's just, oh, there's so many different types of breath work. You know, there's Wim Hof breath work, which yes. is quite intense. So maybe not for everybody, you know. People can go look up that incredible man, though, because, you know, he's phenomenal. Yes. But, um, but just breath work, as in, you know... Um, Hold, take breathing in for like six, holding it for six, breathing out for six or five, whatever the minutes feels for you, you know, breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for four and doing that square breathing is really helpful. Breathing, breath is everything. Breath is how we breathe. If you actually stand, if you actually have, um, even the people in your office right now would be quite interesting. Stop them and, and have a look how they breathe. Yeah. Are people breathing through their chest? Because as soon as you're breathing through your chest, you're um, activating your um, nervous system. So you could either be hyper-regulated or hyper-regulated. So it's like if you, uh, the very first thing I do whenever I see anybody, as soon as they walk in the door, I ask to see how they're breathing. Very first thing I do, how do you breathe? How are you breathing? Are you breathing through your belly or are you breathing through your chest and activating your fight, flight, freeze, born, block response, right? Breathing. And if you can learn to breathe, breathe through your belly and before you do anything, take a breath. Before you go into anywhere, take a breath, you know? So yeah, breathing is everything. There's so many things that I've been suggesting to a lot of listeners that I've been doing. I, I probably started doing these things in my 40s and now leading into my 50s. It's just the sun, breathing, just starting the day with gratitude, things like that. It's just oh. things that you weren't doing when you were in your 20s because it was just go, 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 go. And 20s and 30-year-olds, that's what they're doing right now. They just go. But I think if you were to stop and, for lack of a better term, smell the roses, just stop and just pay yeah. attention to yourself. Using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common, especially among the young folks, because it improves efficiency, prevents mistakes, and overall makes our lives as contractors easier. This is why we partnered with Connect Team, a platform built to manage, train, and communicate with your team.
Connect Teams desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more. Employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out, share safety reports, and get updates all in one place, ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's huge. I got my kids meditating. My son, not so much now, but he's actually going back into it, which is interesting. But he boycotted it for a while, but I had my kids um, meditating for many years. My daughter was six when I started with her and she would meditate and then she'd wake up, she'd go, I can't feel my arms and legs, but she was still talking. Yes. It was like so powerful, right? Because they could get into that meditative space, open their eyes and they're still floating. So they were still in that beautiful space. So, uh, and my son, they both did it meditating for, for a while, for years actually. Um, because they loved it. And then my son got, you know, it was too cool. Um, He'll come back to it. So, yeah. 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 But meditation and being gra- gra- uh, gratitude, huge, huge. Just being grateful for oh, every night I go to bed. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful for the running water. I'm grateful for the car outside. I'm grateful for the money in my bank. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for the food comes naturally to me now because I really want to be in that. So gratefulness actually creates peace and and harmony inside. So that's huge. Breath work. Yeah. Being in nature, grounding. Sometimes yes. everyone thinks it's very hippie. No, it's, but it's not. not. We're, it's not. We're energy, right? It's an we the world isn't is energy. So if you just ground with bare feet, because in being in nature, um, being in nature is really challenging for people because we're in this this cosmopolitan, this concrete jungle that we live in. So going to nature and just being with the water, just being in the in 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 the bush, is really important. You know, this is, um, yeah. I you when we've been, you and I might have been doing this for a while, and and you just take it for granted. It's part of my my process in life, right? So again, it's coming down to that gratitude, breathing, being in nature, turning off your phones. Don't take your phones with you nope. or leave them in the car. Yeah. Yeah, life is busy, but you have to, um, but you can give yourself, right? No, no excuses. Everyone puts this time constraint, but you can give yourself 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes at night. You can definitely do that. It will make your day completely different. Huge. Completely. And How for, you see the world, positive. because then you're happier. Yes. And more present and more allowing with what happens within you because you're, you've just come back down to yourself. It's really, um, it's interesting how the world pushes us away from the one thing, the most simple thing, breathing. We learn to breathe properly. We, we calm our anxiety down ah, easily 40%, 30, 40% if we learn how to breathe properly. Just from instead of breathing through our chest, if we just slow it down and breathe through our belly, that actually calms us down by about 40%. Before you go into any environment, close your eyes, open your eyes, count five things in the room, you know, that actually brings you into the present moment. Yeah, learning how to breathe. And if you, yeah, all these little things, massive things, massive changes and the most simple things. And I think that's, 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 
what you've just you're saying something there which is really important we think we make things more complicated than what they actually are yeah and if we can just go down to that there that the, changes everything in our day does does an adult self-sabotage because there are inner child traumas are they connected um oh yeah a, a lot of the emotions that we bring in the, a lot of the emotions we are responded to as an adult are just maybe from a childhood from our childhood yeah uh, they are trauma memories or memories from our childhood that we bring into the present moment so yes and we've got to be careful you know again uh, I don't condone any kind of abuse or violence, but the, I, th I suppose I try to teach compassion with people that come to me, not condoning, but just compassion for where our families were before us. They were doing the best they can. And yes, I'm not talking about people who um, abuse or, or hurt, but again, underneath all of that, there's pain, but it's just more having a level of compassion about where we've come from um, and learning that we want to blame. There's a lot of us that want to blame, and we take we have accountability and responsibility for what's happened to us as a part as a child that we weren't able to control it, and it was things out of our control. But right now, we get to choose how we are in this moment today. So we want to be able to make peace with what's happened to us as a child. And, and move through so that the parent, the adult in us can lead as opposed to the wounded child. I do inner child work. It's really important. And But most of the stuff that I'm trying to bring forward is that you've got control of your life right now. You know, your past and what your parents did, I get it, but that's not actually happening to you now. So you get to choose your life from now. You get to allow the inner child in us to play and and still play. Oh my gosh, how important is play? Yes. And I don't mean play as in self-destruction. I mean play as in love the simple things in life, yeah, and enjoy and do things that we love. But we're trying to uh, allow the wounded child to become the mature adult that we lead right now. We lead because we can get stuck in blame and stuck in. And this is not. I'm not. You know, not being. Um, uh, I'm not being. Um, the cat, you know, and compassionate, but I'm just saying that uh, we make friends with the inner child so that the adult in us can lead. Yes. Yeah. But yes, a lot of our emotions are, are in today that we react on are from our childhood. I'd love for you to yes. tell us a little more about um, the programming that you've got going on, which is the EMDR uh, attached to brain spotting. And um, that yeah, whole... eye movement desensitization. Yeah. Yes, and um, yeah, moving the, uh, and working with the right and left brain again. So, you know, working with creativity because a lot of our the right side of our brain, the creative side of our brain, gets uh, neglected a little bit. That creativity, which is causes the passion in us, and so you know, a lot of uh, people don't trust their creative brain or the creative aspects and. Uh, our imagination can distort things sometimes and make them a lot worse than what they actually are. So, you know, this is like balancing the right and left brain. So you're not just thinking just logical left and you're not, and you're not just thinking all of creative where you can't actually be in the moment. So it's, um, it's a process again. It's, um, 
creating safety first with a with a client, really just having them find a place that they love, go to their own personal space. I can do this right now. You know, I if I feel a little bit unsafe, then I can go to mine is a garden in the forest, right? It's like making a, a safe space within you so that, you know, when you're feeling dysregulated or um, overwhelmed, that you have this place inside of you that you can just go to and be calm with yourself for a little bit, uh, creating safety. And then it's uh, just working left and right brain for a bit, you know, on, on a subject, on a problem. It depends um, how serious that problem is, you know, it can be a bit longer, but we're trying to work with bring everything into the present moment and just working the right and the left side of the brain so that they begin to like balance both the sides to the brain, creative, logical, balance. Do people find it easier just to block that safe space instead of try to find that safe space again going yeah, back to that fear that safe space yeah the fear thing yeah because right? sometimes yeah because sometimes that safe space holds pain yes and that pain is scary to confront and maybe they can't they're scared that they can't get the answers and they're scared to go there um we've got a uh, thing we've got to feel it to heal it right mm -hmm. the pain is us avoiding that's what we're trying to help people understand the pain you're feeling is because you're actually avoiding something it's not that something it's the avoiding of that something that's, that's what the pain. pain is yes 100 percent. but we're i mean i'll speak for the people that are in the construction industry that's just how we are we just want to get to point B with as little pain as possible, but we're basically just creating more pain by avoiding it. So why not just confront it? But it's hard for us to confront it. Yeah. And really, um, you can't force someone, right? No. That's why they have to hit rock bottom sometimes because the pain, just avoiding that pain to the point where it's self-destructive. And in the end, people are so, at such low points so they've got nowhere else to go and then so then they start learning to feel learning to see what's what is it that they're running from why is something so painful what is so scary and then they realize that it's actually our brain has made it a lot more scary than what it actually is and this is where we're trying to you know balance the right and left it's not it's the right that makes things really scary but the logical takes away the feelings yeah and we have to feel it so we can heal it. So we just want to be able to know that it's nowhere near as scary. But how many times do we hear that people have to hit rock bottom? They have to go to, they have to run away and experience as much pain as they possibly can to know that they can't get rid of it. So they have to just be with it. And then when you're with it, slowly in all different ways, depending on who you are. And, you know, there's, all, there's so many different modalities to start facing your pain now that it's nowhere near as bad as what you thought. Um, and for men, it's like allowing them to feel safe, that they can be with their emotions, that it doesn't, I, it's not an identification to their masculinity when they are with their emotions. It doesn't take away their masculinity. In fact, it's, it increases who they are as a man, right? Because then they can hold things differently they can be emotionally available and emotionally intelligent with the people around them, with their friends, their mates, their, the women in their life, their fathers.
they can stop. You know, there's a lot of um, pressure to either be like your father or to be nothing like your father, you know, or vice versa. So it's like that journey of who are you running away from? You know, who are you trying, who are you not trying to be or who are you trying to be? Both. Who are you trying to be? Who are you not trying to be? Have we, and, um, have, have we as human beings just learned to disconnect? And when I say that, I mean, are fewer people willing to lend a helping hand and are fewer people willing to even ask for help? Because you both, you need both of those groups. You need someone to step up and say, I need help. And you need somebody else to listen and hear that statement and, and offer the help. But are we as society moving forward, becoming more disconnected from that, willing to help and ask for help? So if you look at, sort of 60, 70 years ago, I would say we're a lot worse than where we are today. Are we being more disconnected because we've now got technology which is moving at such a rate that I feel we're losing that humanness? But then on another part, you and I are talking, right? Yes, there's, there's challenges a connection of everything. Still. Yes, yes. But, but that human watching the rows in my household are oh, get off the phone, get off the phone, get off the phone. All we do is disconnect through social media. So in that way, for sure, we're getting a little bit more disconnected. We're, we're veering off. But 100 years ago, you know, people had to just make do. We, we, were, we were still in that tribal, each for their own. So I feel we're better than 100 years ago. We're better than 50 years ago. We have, are you, you know, are you okay day? We have mental health. We have systems set in for mental health. So I feel we are get in there we might have systematized everything and and uh so the helping industry has changed but it's there so we're not as bad as we were 100 years ago but today if we carry on going the way we're going we're going to be the same as what we were 100 years ago only different it's so yeah true. yeah very much we're the same so we, we're in this space at the moment like you know, every AI, everything's taken over. So we're, we're like, we're, we're making humans obsolete almost in some way. And then when we communicate, it's all through social media, that that physical touch, that physical beingness, which is what we need, is starting to distant, get more and more distant from what we're supposed to be like touch, connection, physical talking, physical eye contact. That's what we are. We're human beings, right? We need to be with somebody and touching so um watching the generation and, and who we are if you go and sit on the train or walk through the shopping center it's fascinating to do that today and just watch it's on their phone i know it's on their phone, everybody's right? just looking down i just i see it everywhere it's, i go i at the stop so i contact in the car it's just everyone forgets to look at what's right in front of you and appreciate Ooh, everyone forgets to look what's right in front of them right it does. And I, okay, so I know you do a lot of couples therapy, a couple, and you work with couples, and there has been a huge rash of separations and failures and breakdown and discussions of kids, you know, where the kids are going to go and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's where a lot of the conversations about suicide and addictions and loss of financial means and all kinds of things like that. Have you seen an increase in that? And how are you dealing with the couples that are coming in? And, and is it possible to repair any of this? Um, so what I see is, and this is where we'll come back to again, is 
um, we do have to heal or make peace with or accept how we're raised. A lot of the times that people come in, remember we were talking about that you're not really shown how to be in relationship. Yeah. You know, there's um, something called attachment theory, right? Where, you know, the relationship with our mother or our main caregiver between zero, zero and four and then zero and seven sort of um, makes us who we are as adults, how we, how we can be in conflict, how we can be intimate, how we can communicate. So again, we're not shown how to be in a relationship and depending on how we were raised, the belief systems, what we saw as intimacy around us, we bring into adulthood, then we have this idealistic version of we're going to have kids and everything's going to be fine, not realizing that kids, when you have a child, they bring out all your unhealed stuff, yep. right? Unless you've got a really healthy relationship in all, and, and none of us have got the perfect relationship. We're just talking about uh, being okay with intimacy, like knowing ours, you know, we've got a lot of um, uh, lower sexual, lustful nature in the world, right? There's a, there's a, there's a, the way we view sex and the way we view intimacy is so skewed. And so we learn sex as a child from, not from our parents, from a school system and social media. So how are we going with intimacy is always skewed as well. Um, being vulnerable with our emotions. So we're talking with men again about sexuality. Go, we could have a whole show on this, yes. right? On sexuality with men and, and creating that vulnerability. So then we have this relationship and then we have children and then children show us all the unhealed stuff and then we don't know how to cope with it. And then we make excuses that it doesn't work underneath everything if i come from my spiritual space underneath everything is love underneath everything so we should all really get on with each other because we're all souls having a spiritual experience if you believe that i believe that you know or or spiritual beings having a human experience whatever you want to call it um so underneath it all is love but it's like are we able to lean in when things get difficult or do we allow our pain our fear our insecurities to rule us so we run so it's like you know where are we going to be within that relationship are we going to acknowledge that there's stuff going on and we don't know what it is we actually don't know what it is we're just reacting responding and projecting are we going to lean in or are we gonna run and go to another relationship and do the same thing all over all again, over again. Yes. different different but the same you know and even with um, adultery, you know, for me, it's like, it's not that that person, I've, I've worked with couples and, you know, where the partners have been unfaithful. And when you break it down, for me, you know, you go to their attachment. How was their attachment? How were they raised? You know, were they raised with critical parents? Were they raised with trauma? Were they raised with parents who weren't present with them? There's all these systems that help us become um help us cope in adulthood, where we become the lone wolf or whether we become very needy and codependent on people because we're dysregulated inside. Everything is about safety and regulation with inside of us, right? How safe do we feel with ourselves? How safe do we feel with this person? So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's the children can bring up all sorts of stuff. And it's like whether we're willing to lean in and not run. And when things get really challenging, lean in even more 
constantly lean in. And if it doesn't work, sometimes, you know, if two people aren't willing to lean in, you have to separate. If they can't, if two people can't lean in and be on the same page of going through the difficult times, what's you can't you can't be in that relationship. It has to be two people working. So as much as you want a relationship to work, two people must be willing to make it work. And that means going through um, challenging times. So I do coaching and I do counseling. So I obviously do clinical counseling, but I also do, you know, my coaching. And when I do my coaching with couples, then I do like shadow work and I do inner child work and I do all this work so that they're being shown exactly with each other. They can't hide. This is all my poo. This is all my poo, <laughs> right? What are we going to do with it? It's nowhere near as bad as what you thought. That's how we show up when we're, when we're feeling stressed, I run. When I'm feeling stressed, I want to hold on. Yep. So two people, two different things. How do we compromise with each other so we're both feeling safe, seen, heard, you know? And then when we're talking about intimacy, Oh, this is a this is a massive we should just have a show just on sexuality right because yeah. this is massive it's a massive thing vulnerability how can you be you know you have all these these fantasies these desires these things that you're a little bit ashamed of because you've got them in your you're thinking about them and we don't tell our partner so we have all these things and it's like the more you are honest with your partner the more you can work with each other like everything's Everything's open as long as it's consensual, right? Do couples forget to just be courting, for lack of a better yeah. word? Do they forget yeah. to just court? Yeah. What did you, how did you, what did you fall in love with when you first met each other? Yeah. What fun things did you do? People forget to have fun all the time. I, I, I had this one couple come into me one time and they were like, it's over. And, and I literally said, what have you done? Well, like, what what was it you loved about each other when you first met? What fun things are you doing? They were like, we don't. Well, you don't. What do you mean you don't? Well, we don't. We haven't had fun for ages. I said, well, okay. So go out, do something fun together. See if you can actually see if you actually like each other. See if you're friends. Like, just see if you like hanging out with this person first. You you know your values and who you who you are change throughout life, right? So just find that. See if you actually like being with this human being, if you like their qualities and, and, and enjoy each other's company. That's because all it took. you did at some point, and it wasn't just an evening. It was a period of your just, life, right? It was a period of time that you had a yeah. lot of fun with this person. So where yeah. did that go? Yeah, and people think you can't get it back. Well, you can. We've got to have our inner child play. I do ecstatic dancing, right? That's my inner child. <laughs> I love to dance. So I go out and I dance and I'll dance anywhere. You know, my kids, I'll dance in the middle of the street. My kids like, mom, I'm like, don't suppress me. You will not suppress me, you know, because I'm like, no way. I play all the time. I dance, I sing, I play. I talk to everybody I meet in the street. I make a fool of myself because that's who I am, right? So play is massive. We and we forget to play in relationships, especially when kids come along. It's terrible. It's scary. It's stressful. It's 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 money. You know, there's all these systems. But at the end of the day, you can have no money, and and if you find happiness and play with each other, then you can cope with it, right? One hundred percent. That's very, very, very true. But people forget that. 
They don't look at it that way. They just are looking at all the negative and not, and they're forgetting the grateful things that they had and what they first met and who they, or who made them feel a certain way and why. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I do. I am. Yeah. I get people to tell me their five favorite songs that they met when they first met. Right. Mm -hmm. So I come in and I put art down. I put art on the table and I blast all these songs out and I just go write, write or draw what it is that you loved about this person when you first met. Right? And so I bring the music, that's sort of the creative aspect that goes into this somatic body. So it starts bringing up all the memories and the feelings. Then I get them to write it down and then I get them to just face each other and, and talk about what they fell in love with. It's like a, it's very simple, but it's a powerful thing because people forget, you know, they forget what it was that they loved about that person. And just because they've had kids, just because they've changed, it doesn't mean it can't work. It just means that they have to reevaluate. Every year you need to reevaluate your relationship. Every year. Like, like, like a contract. What's going on? How are we feeling? What do we need more of? What am I not getting? What are you not getting? Like, just have a meeting and, and, and do a new, like, a new relationship plan every year. Like, just, it, it doesn't have to be serious. It just needs to evaluate. Discuss Playing, I'm um, courting. Yeah. Just discuss it and have it yeah. out in the open. Yeah, even sexuality. Like, <laughs> you met this person. I'm amazed how many people could be together and they don't talk about sex. They just don't talk about it. They don't talk about what they want, their needs, what they want to, what they want to change, what they. Why? You know, they, Why don't they, they talk about it? And they, you know, they've had kids together and they've been together for so long. Because it's it's all the stuff gets in the way, and they're so, um, you know, maybe they they maybe there's a desire that they want, and they're too scared because there's like embedded shame that they can't ask for what they want, or they don't feel they feel inadequate or not confident enough. You know, there's all these layers, but um, sexuality is around everything. Like right? the businesses we run who we are as people, it's always based around sexuality. It's always based around our self-worth and our confidence. And, and so um, talking about sexuality and intimacy is really important. Like coming back to intimacy is huge in relationships. Just talking and touching and, and, and re-evaluating your sex life is very, very important. But people don't like to talk about it because it brings up rejection, abandonment, lack of safety. Is it a fear of judgment? Yeah. Fear of judgment, which creates a fear of rejection, abandonment, right? Because if you judge, that person might leave me. But see, what's you funny know? is that you're bringing all this up and it's just, I'm realizing that you're going back to the avoidance. You're, you're avoiding the fear by not having this yeah. conversation with the person. But if you actually have this conversation with the person, you may actually connect with that person on a whole new level. Yeah. So what is going on? Mind reading, projection, yeah. you know, there's all this stuff going on, right? I and, and that's again, that's the difference between men and women. Men, you know, the um how we process things. Men trying to fix things and if I if I just do this, this might work. Again, even in intimacy, right? We're trying to get men to get out of their head. Right? To not try and think how they should be and 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 to to be five steps ahead of how to make that 
woman be in pleasure <laughs> we're trying to get them to be in their body and be in the present moment get out of your head be into the body be into the now again now moment right sure i mean and even in relationships uh, without sounding i don't even know how to express this but without sounding cheesy should men start to listen to their hearts more like i'm assuming oh. that their heart is actually speaking to them but they're not listening to it and so they're probably be they're, they're hearing certain things that they should express, but they're just saying to themselves, no, I can't really say that. No, I can't really do that. I shouldn't do that. Is that what's going on there? Yeah. And also, you know, you know, men are the penetrators. We're the receivers. So, you know, there's this, um, you know, there's this whole, I don't like the word toxic masculinity, but, you know, people say oh, all men do is they want to have sex. They always use, they always think with their cock. It's like, well, yeah, because they penetrate the world. Men, when they make love, they they penetrate so that they can get to their heart. So in Tantra, yeah. our breasts are our positive pole and a man's cock is the, his positive pole. So we are top down, right? So we need to be, you know, how we, they always like, we always want to talk. We always, yeah. we've always got to, they always want to talk. Yeah, that's how we get turned on. We want to be emotionally stimulated so we can come from top down into our body so we can open up and receive a man, right? So that we are, our body is every, is embodied. For men, they reach the heart by penetrating. So yes, men have to have sex to get to their heart. But it's like what we're trying to get men is to be in their body and not avoid the feelings and emotions and be uh, with their feelings and not worry about rejection or abandonment so this is why men can maybe have casual sex and not get connected to them because it's scary because that's how they penetrate you know it's again safety can i trust this person can i trust this woman with my feelings and and again then it comes back to what are the systems he's being raised in how does his thoughts and beliefs how does he value himself how does he how is his confidence and his worthiness being been supported throughout his life um and so yeah so men do penetrate they do need sex to connect with a woman so to, to for them to connect to their heart that's what they do they actually need sex to pen to get to their own heart so there's there's it's just been it's just been skewed yeah by you know alcohol and and that numbing and that that underneath that fear of not feeling good enough or am I good enough? Or am I going to be rejected? Or am I going to be abandoned? It's unconscious, though, a lot of the times, right? A lot they of us stuff is unconscious. It. Yeah. And then you can they see how it's devastating to a man when they start losing financially and they start losing intimately. And then their world starts to unravel. And then they just start realizing that everything that I have purpose or attached to creativity and what makes me happy and what i'm contributing to is all being taken away and then that's when they yeah. start turning into their vices and they start depending on drugs and alcohol and other vices or just sleeping around and all kinds of things they're filling those voids but that's every man goes through that i'm sure women go through that as well too and they just experience it so it's that fear of rejection yeah and the fear of being who am I? Am mm. I enough? Who am I? Which is Do a I scary like question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Are you and afraid it, of the question or are you afraid of the answer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
both. And like, who am I? And why are we so scared of saying who we are? Because it's not, it can change anyway. Like I can be this and then I can do something today and I'm going, oh, now I'm this. Now I feel that I look at the world differently. It can change. But people, we feel that um, if we say something, it's concrete. That's who we are. But it can change. But who are you today? And if you're not who you want to, you feel good with, who do you want to be? And where do you want to go? And, oh, like for men, it's important as well because they work so much, right? Because they're in the workforce so much of their life. It's different, you know, um, women spend a lot of time with their children. But because men are in the workforce so long, they should be doing what they love. Now, you're in the construction industry, right? Yeah. <laughs> do men love doing the work they do? I, I construction for me it's like oh my god you know this whole women and men are equal I laugh I go right well you can go work in a construction site you can go you would a woman want to be working and in, in a construction site not really you know what I mean it's physical hard work so do men love being in construction or are they doing it because it's money or is it a bit of both I think it's a bit of both I think they grow up and starting that love and passion for it. And then as life comes along, it depends on the ups and downs as we talked about it throughout the whole show at the very beginning. It depends on at what point do you find a man or a person that's in construction. At the, I'm sure at their down point, they may start to question a lot of the things that they found passionate and a lot of the things that they love or a lot of the people that they loved and they cared about. They start questioning a lot of this stuff. But the thing is that they already have these answers in them. They just haven't they haven't expressed them as often as they should have. So there's that disconnect. Yeah, and also maybe they've got themselves in a, in a place where they're getting good money and they don't want to leave that, right? They don't want to leave that security. And how often do men ever get told at a certain point, you know, if you're not happy, go and do something else. Sometimes they, they feel like they can't because they're stuck having to raise kids and provide for the family, but they're stuck in a job, right? They can't leave it. What is it that they say? They say that uh, a salary is, is what they pay you to give up on your dreams. Oof. Yeah. Right. So you, you get a lot of men. There's a bit of truth there, right? There, there is, there is, because you get a lot of men that enjoy that stability, that finance stability. And then all of a sudden, before they realize it, 10 years goes by, 20 years go by, 30 years go by. And, and, you're not completely fulfilled because you gave up on your dreams for this security. And, and I agree with you yeah. that there's a lot of people that are not financially wealthy to, to today's standards, I guess, but they're far happier than people that are financially well off. People that are financially well off are not the happiest bunch of people. They have their own faults. They have their own problems. They probably on their second, third, fourth, 15th marriage or whatever it is, but they're always looking for happiness and they can't even find it with all the workaholism is. Yes. Yeah. Workaholism is still an avoidant, right? You're still avoiding. You're still avoiding being with your feelings and being alone with yourself. When you're a workaholic, you're just, you're beautifully avoiding. It's just a different drug. That's all it is just a different drug just you're still avoiding still running from something or to something yes. and you just got to, you know so it's gain it so it comes back to but and, and you, you know we're asking how do we make people do how do we make people not make how do we request that people just start with the basics so that they can feel calmer yeah 
like being alone with themselves, like breathing, like being in nature, taking a bit of time out while getting off their phones. These are simple little things that it's strategies that they can implement in their life and things can change. How does a man uh, feel safe enough to start one change in his relationship? You know, because do you find that men find it difficult to ask for their needs? Yes. As a man. Yes. Yeah. Sure they do. Yes. Right. Yeah. They don't they don't know how to ask because you know that how they were raised men have got to have it all together. Men have got to be this. They don't even know how to ask. So how do you how do we as as men and women create safety for each person to feel whatever they say is 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 fine and to create the safety to begin to ask what they want. I mean Oh my gosh, if I think about it, and this is just, this is not just men, this is men and women. We can get to 40s and 50s and we don't even ask anymore what we, what our partner wants. You know, are you happy? Are you doing what you want? And, um, and do we empower our partners to then find something that they would love to do, especially for men, right? They're in the workforce most of their life. And so I feel it's really important if and our responsibility as if as a partner to check in with our husband or boyfriend of like, are you happy doing what you're doing? Because they're going to be in the workforce their whole life. So there's so there's some responsibility for us as women as well, I feel, to make sure that our partners are happy doing what they're doing. Do they need to change? Do they need to regroup? Do they need to evaluate if they're happy? But you know, again, that's a lot of pressure on men that we put on, right? Have to stay in the workforce and make the money. I, I think it's, um, I love that you're bringing that up, but I actually think that men will find it far easier to have these conversations regarding their professional life and their career choices. They can confront and discuss and openly discuss their ambitions and where they're going to go and what they're happy with and what they're not happy with. But yet you take those same amount of questions and put it on a personal table now. And they're not asking yeah. those same questions. They're not confronting yeah. them or even addressing them. Even they're they're afraid of the answer behind it. But professionally speaking, they'll they'll want to confront it and ask it and have that yeah. conversation. But again, privately, sexually, rejection, abandonment, lack of safety, confidence, inadequacy. What's happening? You know, especially if the relationship's been going on for a while, we get less confident. Put on a bit of weight. Not as healthy as we were before. Our, you know, we've been in the same relationship tightly for many years. So, you know, we get caught up. Our identity gets caught up in that person. There's, um, but you know, a lot of people, if they just spent time coming back to each other and just having those difficult and even making light of it, um, but prioritizing it, they'd be amazed of how happy they are and how how much joy is still left within the relationship. How powerful intimacy is. Like if you can connect with your partner, everything else in the world seems a lot easier. Yes. Like intimacy is everything, right? Like we're, we're sexual beings, we're human beings. Sex, intimacy is very important. And I don't mean sex, I mean intimacy, like sharing your feelings, making love, enjoying um, sex and, and, and intimacy as part of your life. And, and it not just be spending time with intimacy, like prioritizing intimacy. When you do that, when you feel see, seen and heard and, and you're in pleasure, then everything else works out and seems a lot more fun and a lot more, and you can cope a lot more. 
Didn't we do a lot of that at the beginning? I mean, we we did that because you wanted to discover the other person. You wanted to learn more about the other person. So you openly asked questions. You openly discovered certain things. You were physical. You were intimate. So you were doing all this, but at some point it just stopped. It just stopped, right? Yeah. Why do you think that is? I'm asking the questions. I, I, I think we stopped because we had, we looked at life. We looked at maybe what society was thinking that we should be and we weren't living up to that or maybe we weren't living up to who we wanted to like you said earlier maybe we weren't living up to our parents expectations our siblings expectations our past relationships expectations obviously lots of people get into different kinds of relationships but they're always still carrying what happened in the previous relationship and they're bringing that to the current relationship and then if things start going south it's because you haven't confronted this before you haven't really addressed it yeah there's that and there's the fact that we assume that that person is us yeah and that whether instead of like reevaluating, we're different we change i'm not the same person i was last year no every every, i would say i change i don't i don't even know some days i change from one day to the next some i'm six months some i'm i'm a year but we have this and it is that's human being, that's our us being humans, right? Where we think what we see is what the other person is thinking and feeling. Us, yeah. And it's not. It's not. We're not the same. You and I are not the same. We see the world differently. Yeah. We don't see the same. So it's like, okay, hang on, check in. And I changed from a year ago because I've been, you know, I might carry more negativity in me because I had a crappy year or, or I've been working in a different job or I've got different friends or I've started a new hobby or or I haven't and I'm just sat doing the same thing over and over again and I'm bored stiff. So, you know, there's all these layers, but why we don't know because we never check in, like check in with our partner. Because at the beginning, we're always, we wanted to know and, and we're free and we're exploring each other and we're trying to, like understand what turns each other on, but we change consistently. We're not the same as we were 21. We're not the same. We're just, our body doesn't even want to be the same anymore. It wants to evolve as well. So it's just like that, just checking in, simple thing. Go and have fun, check in, learn to ask, learn to be with your, I mean, this is a difficult thing and women can maybe do this a bit easier. It changes when you start being real with how you're feeling inside. Listen, I, you know, I feel like our sex life has really gone down, or we're not, we're not having, we're not, we're not having sex as often as we were, or we seem a bit more serious, or, you know, women maybe find it, maybe women are easier to, to start the conversation. But if we can create a bit of space for men where they feel it's okay, they start the conversation, and then men can express their feelings without being judged or being rejected or being shut down. And that's and that's where women have to start, right? That's with that's us as women. That's what we have to create that safe space for when a man does open up, which is a massive thing for a lot of men. We stay quiet. We listen. We listen. We don't project and we don't internalize and make it something that it's not. We just listen to what's being said, and then we feed back. Are you saying? Is this what you mean? Not mind reading. Not shutting down. You know. So. The man can then feel safe that when he does speak, it's going to be heard. It's not going to be shut down and it's not going to be sort of uh, made into something different because we are more, women have a lot of things going on. We multitask even in the way we process things. 
we assume, we project, we gather. And so if we just allow our mind to just say without judgment, without projection for what it is, and we're different. Thank you so much. Honest, sorry, I didn't I mean like I, we're getting close to the end, and I, I just there is so much more that we can talk about. And, and I, we've just started. I right? know. I, I'd love to have you back on the show and continue the conversation, but it's just there's so much more, and, and I really want people that have listened to this show to understand that they can reach out to you and they can discuss and they can take you know bring you on board as a as a coach, as a counselor, as a therapist to help them out if they are having any problems because there is a bunch of us that are having these things and they they need the yeah. help they need the the hand right so i we haven't even scratched there's so much more that we i mean we haven't even gone into wealth we haven't even gone into like we didn't even dive into tantrum we, we didn't do any of it but i mean i know, uh, I know. you have so much there's I, I love your your money mindset i love that you you're looking at different you, you're basically looking at everything that we go through everything that we go through professionally you know personally we everything that we're at different ages too is this isn't just catered towards people that have seen years of life this is it's catered to a lot of people that are just enjoying life but they still have questions associated with that yeah and, and wealth mindset as well again it comes down to um oh, sexuality and creativity right yeah how worthy do we feel how do we, even for women, you know, how do we voice? And this is the, this is a problem we are facing as women, right, is, is voicing our needs. But I feel for men as well, right? God, that's the feminine, like being able to voice their needs without it being judged. But wealth, uh, holding that, the scarcity, the value, if we've had trauma, um, you know, I was homeless. My family were homeless for a while. I grew up with a very, very, you know, um, uh, low socioeconomic environment and so you know that scarcity mindset could be embedded right from an early age from our environment how people talk about money our self-worth whether we've experienced trauma you know if we had sexual trauma and men have sexual trauma as well this is a whole conversation that we need to get onto as well Manny because yeah. men don't talk about sexual trauma and it is a lot of men there's a lot of men that have gone through trauma, sexual trauma, and they don't talk about it. I would love to do a show on that because it's um, really important, really important. So it's like how you're raised, the money mindset, our self-worth, right? It's always caught up in money. Like you said, men go out. So if there's any been anything in there, if they've been raised in a family that have, of dysfunction, yeah. and uh, then that carries their self-worth, you know, and, and how is money talked about? God, I, no one talked about money to me when I was growing up. No one, no one talked to me about money. Not that it's a fault, but we don't, you know, it's it's not discussed. We don't even know what money is. I was raised in money doesn't grow on trees. Yes, you know, another lesson in life that you basically just have to learn on yourself. You have to you have to make the mistakes at the beginning on your own, and then you learn it later on. Um, but then no, yeah. we'll have to get you back on. I, I would love to have you back on and, and continue conversation and talking more about this, but I really appreciate your time on it. I want to ask you the 12 questions. Um, here we go. Uh, so we can ask these, there's no right or wrong and there's definitely no cash prizes, but it's always, I'm always curious about what the answers are going to be from the guests. So I do want to share with everybody. So so, so yourself and it's heart to rise.com and so yourself.com. It, all the show notes will be there. So everyone knows And then on Instagram is so yourself. And then on Facebook, it was it heart, heart to rise with two H's. 
Um, on Facebook, on yes, Facebook, like Saleya yes. Harterize. Yes. Um, so please reach out to her if you guys. I know, I know you guys. I know you guys are listening to the show, and I know you guys are going through things, and you don't necessarily want to speak to somebody else that's on the job site or somebody else that you work with. Reach out to her and speak to her because she will help you. All right. All right. Ready for the twelve questions, sir? Let's go. What's your favorite construction word? Foundation. What's your least favorite construction word? Pounded. What turned you on <laughs> in construction? Topless workers in the morning. <laughs> what turns you <laughs> off in construction? Topless workers in the afternoon. <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? Motherfucker. There we go. What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? Oh, Lamborghini Aventador. Bring me one of those. I what color? What, what color? I want to know oh, color. I like the matte. So I like black or it would be like matte or like that orange, you know, okay. that deep or the burnt orange. So one disappears one for the evening and one is loud and bright, bright in the day. That's how it works. Uh, okay. Can I have two? All right. Bring me two. I'm having two then. <laughs> What's your least favorite vehicle in the world? uh racing bikes push bikes on the road mm. you know like the, the bike the racing bikes yes oh my god <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love nail gun what construction sound or noise do you hate drilling what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day uh, i had like four or five here ranging from emergency physician to a dancer to a criminal mm. detective all different why can't you do all of them oh i can you can yes so, i don't you know what profession would you so. not like to do plumber <laughs> last question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive oh, at those pearly gates god i didn't i didn't know this is a hard one like God, I would like him to say, you did good. You brought the sauce. Like, you did it, you know? You brought the sauce. Like, you made the world a better place. You brought, you, you know, you, you, you brought it. But you made the world a better, like, the cliche, you left the world a better place than when you, you started or when you arrived. Yes. Absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so thank much for, for sharing. Me. And, and thank you so much for waking up early and, and staying up for us. And, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. And we'll definitely get you back on the show. We will have to continue this conversation beautiful so much to talk about thank you so much all right don't go anywhere just yet but okay angeline we're out okay. of here